I thank you kindly for firing up the podcast system. That's cast with me, podcast system. With me, lovey. And yes, that is my real name. Every episode, I tackle something new in the world of politics, pop culture, race, and the lack of relations. Be sure to subscribe and enjoy every shady moment. Be hashtag blessed, y'all. Next up, we have Lovey Roundtree Olaf. Lovey is a New York native representing Brooklyn and Queens, and also a Northeast lover. Her four years in Maine led her back to the Granite State to raise her family and to pursue her political and podcasting career. She currently serves on the Exeter Select Board while also hosting a weekly podcast titled podcast system that's cast with an e she loves the warm weather so don't be surprised if you don't see her during the winter months and she stresses the importance of her being a former rugby player those in the know will know please welcome lovey roundtree olaf Thank you, thank you for welcoming me. I'm really excited to be here this evening, this day, this night, depending on when you actually watch this. Um, so like I said, I'm Lovey, and I'm from New York, and I wanted to tell a story that really tells kind of who I am and where I came to be today. So in the summer, fall of 93, I remember packing up my dad's blue Chevette Yes, that still existed back then. My dad's blue Chevette and filling it with all of my prized possessions, including my Paula Abdul mixtape. So we were on our way to boarding school. I had decided that I was going to go off to boarding school for four years instead of stay in New York City to go to high school. Um, many of my friends were like, what, what did you do? I'm like, I, I did well on my SSAT. What do you mean? Like, that's, it's, a, it's a good thing. This is a good thing. You know, a lot of people made the assumption that going off to boarding school meant that you were involved in some nefarious activity. Um, and if you knew me back then, you'd know that was so not the case. Um, so anyway, so we went to Connecticut, where I attended a wonderful boarding school for four years. And I still remember to this day the drive up from Queens to Connecticut. And my dad was going through all of the just remember, don't do this and don't get involved in that. And you don't go to parties and you're, you know, be a good student and respect your teachers. And I'm like, dad, I know that's how I got here. I've done everything that you told me to do. I'll be fine. So when we arrived on campus, um, I remember seeing my roommate when we walked into the room and I thought, oh man, they didn't get my preference sheet. They have no idea what I had put on for what my ideal roommate would be. So I thought, this is really not going to work well. Jess was from outside of Greenwich, Connecticut. I was from, like, Brooklyn and Queens. Her hair was legitimately bright blue, manic panic blue. 
I had braids that looked like I was out of an LL Cool J music video, you know? So we looked at each other and she starts taking out her CDs and it's like porno for pyros. I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, I have boys to men. (laughs) So we're looking at each other thinking like, there's no way this is going to work. Like, how is it possible that you and I can be friends? And then we looked at our dads. And both of our dads were standing in the room and they're both like, okay, so if we move the bed to this angle and then the chair over here, they'll have the perfect lighting for the 7.30 a.m. wake up and they can have tea and start studying together. And then we looked at each other and we're like, yeah, we were meant to be. So that was my roommate. And I'm telling you, Jess and I were the perfect roommates for being completely opposite people. Um, so as my perfect roommate, she also became my perfect wing woman, so to speak. Um, I had never really experienced dating. I mean, granted, I was 14. Like, who experiences dating at the age of 14? I had probably less than anyone who experienced actual dating, because if you know my father, then you would know that that never really happened and it was never discussed. So Jess became my go-to, and I would say, Jess you know, there's that guy on the wrestling team and I think he's really kind of cute. And she's like, okay, okay, I'll take care of it. So she would go and she would like find his schedule and she would know what he was going to study and what time he had dinner and lunch. And in retrospect, this might've been a touch creepy and perhaps a little stalkerish, but we were 14 and we didn't know any better. And it was all from afar. So she would say, okay, you know, Gunther is going to be crossing the pathway at exactly 11.20. You and I both have that period off. Let's go and we'll sit in the window and watch him walk across the quad. These were the highlights of my freshman year of high school. Please don't judge. (laughs) So come sophomore year, Jess and I live together again because I'm like, who could give up this kind of roommate? This is pure perfection in social relationships, right? So then, of course, sophomore year came, new crushes abound, and I had a new crush. So I said, Jess, there's a new guy in our class. You know, he's a new sophomore. It's like fresh meat. And so she said, oh, I'll get to work. So she finds out his schedule, the whole nine, and we had now moved up, right? So the process had expanded. We weren't just stalking from afar. This had now become, perhaps we'll actually let the individual know that we like them. So this year, Jess said, okay, I found out his schedule and I also found out who his friends are. He's on like the lacrosse team. So I said, okay, this is wonderful. This is great. This is exactly what we're making progress. By senior year, I may even have a boyfriend. So then Jess does her work. I do my, you know, exterior stalking, all is well. And then she says, I've put the word out. So she puts the word out to the masses her friends start telling his friends. And eventually, after the two-week turnaround, he finds out that I like him. Granted, I've never really spoken to him, but I like him. You know, we have similarities. We go to the same school. We have similarities. So the process comes back, and I find out he likes me too. And I'm like, this is great, Jess. We've made progress. We have found a match. So she comes back to me and she says, well, word on the street, the campus, Main Street, which is really a a block, is that he likes you too. So I said, this is great. So we have to figure out, like, how do we get together? 
So long story short, we get together in the dining hall. You know, he's got his crew. I've got mine. This is a merging of like, you know, it's like, it's like um, Game of Thrones. You know, you bring your house, I shall bring mine. And the two houses shall come together and it'll be wondrous and we'll, we'll run the entire campus, right? So we get together and to this day, I don't know exactly what was said or how it happened. We were a couple. This was wonderful. I was like, I have made it. You know, I literally was walking around campus like, this is it. I have made it. Thank you, thank you. Be blessed. Thank you. And so we're a couple for legitimately two weeks. This is a courtship like no other. We would sit at the dining hall together, hands on the table, barely touching, but just close enough to feel body heat. And I was like, this is romance. This is like beautiful, beautiful romance. And I've dreamed of this my entire life. Occasionally, we would actually talk to each other. You know, I'd be like, so how's class? And he's like, good. I'm like, wow, that was great. I can't wait to get back and tell Jess. <sighs> and so we had this really, I thought, perfect relationship. Little did I know that there was more to it than I had realized. And I say again, I was a touch naive coming into this. I'm not blaming my father, but I'm blaming my father. You know, had he not said that talking to boys was such a bad thing, I might have actually talked more to boys and found out, like, this is not really what goals happen in a relationship. <laughs> so anyway, so like, I think it was two and a half weeks into the relationship, you know, let's, I don't even know if I've named him, Dave. Dave comes to me and he says, Lovey, we need to talk. I know well enough to know that we need to talk isn't like, I'm going to profess my love for you even further. So I said, oh, like today? You know, I'm like buying another day or two of the relationship. I'm like, well, you know, I've got the math test coming. Can we talk tomorrow, like after lunch? Cause it's burger day and I really like burger day and I kind of don't want to ruin burger day for myself. So he's like, okay, we'll talk tomorrow. So we get together the next day, you know, we have our burgers. They ladle cheese sauce on it. It's a thing. Like, you have to be there to remember it, but really, like, I remember it well. So we have our burgers, and then we go out into the long hallway that you enter before you enter the dining hall. And he sits down, and clearly he's done this before. Like, he has the look of, like, lovey. And I'm pretty sure that was the first time he actually grabbed my hand. Like, this was, like, the first real touch. And I'm like, oh, that feels nice. So he's like, lovey, I, you know, I just don't think this is working. And I'm aghast. I'm like, what? what's not working? I mean, we're on the same page. We talk about the same things, which is nothing. This is, isn't this the ideal relationship? We're not arguing. And he says, um, well, I just, you know, I, I don't think it's working. And I said, well, Dave, can you tell me why? And literally, as I'm saying why, it's like a slow motion matrix move. I can feel myself saying, don't ask why. Whatever it is, you're just not going to like it, and you're going to feel bad, and you're going to like internalize it. So I say, Dave, why? And he said, Lovey, honestly, I only dated you so that people wouldn't think I was racist. I'm sorry? He said, um, I only dated you because I didn't want people to think I was racist. But um, thanks. And I said, OK. I said, OK. And that was the end of my first relationship in high school. And 
I remember thinking, man, we could have really been great friends, you know? <laughs> we had so much in common. Not really, but wow. I guess in some way I appreciated that he felt comfortable enough to tell me the truth. But a part of me also wondered, he didn't understand who I was and he didn't understand what kind of effect that would have on long-term for me. So when one thinks about friendships, <laughs> think really hard about what that means, especially when you're 15 years old. So long story short, with friends like these, <laughs> who needs enemies? <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you to our host, Clovercrest Media Group, Kev from BK for our visual arts, and the fire intro song, Filthy, by TVP Records. Podcast system.